0: All right, we're back live with LeaveTheBottlePodcast dot com. My name is Randy, and I'm Jim.
1: Hey, Jim. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try this again. We just had a, we had a lapse of reality for a couple of minutes there, but we're back now, and we're we're gonna start this show over again.
0: And my intro was uh, regarding the anticipation that I had for having a tooth pulled, and I had to wait six weeks, and finally, when the day came, in fact, local anesthesia is so good and so in the hands of somebody who's a good practitioner. I guess I should add. Uh, That, in fact, I, um, you know, the the bad experience really only lasted a few minutes. And I was able to walk home, which is several miles away. I just walked home because I felt fine and I wanted to walk. And comparing this to having say this is a physical problem and it's a very localized problem it's a, a tooth being pulled you know there's a very specific point and some very specific nerves that need to be deadened for the time during the operation and then assuming things go well and the practitioner the dentist or the surgeon doesn't mess anything un, uh, unexpected up Um, once the anesthesia wears off, and this was the case for me, by the way, there's really no discomfort. I mean, the biggest discomfort was the impression of him sawing a tooth in half in my mouth and the noise and the smell and all that, but that lasts like 30 seconds. And then maybe the the time of the the actual pulling, I mean, it's it's, it's unpleasant, but it wasn't painful. Uh, And this is because we are able to pinpoint very carefully and again the skill of this person uh, to deaden the place because they give you a couple of shots if you've ever noticed. you know they ah, here and here and you know they do it right and that's it and I walked home and I was fine and I did not have any problems uh, further on with it. The trouble is a little bit different if you have a mental problem, yes. uh, whether it's illness or neurosis or obsession, whatever it is, And uh, what we were saying just before we stopped to to actually make it so that you could hear everybody (laughs) was (laughs) that uh, you, you can't easily target every little thing. So, yes, there are drugs. There's Prozac and many other drugs. And there are reasons why these are easy to prescribe, easier than actually treating the problem. And they do work for some people. But the biggest problem is that you can't pinpoint every source of anguish, and how serious it might be. And eventually, I don't think the drugs actually are any kind of a permanent solution either. But no. the biggest problem is that they it's just not the same thing. It's not like putting out a fire. So as a result, eventually, sometimes people are, are overwhelmed. And we had a recent, you know, the, do we need to say alleged anymore? I don't know. I think suicide of Robin Williams. And... What a shame! Uh, Hoffman too was a suicide, was it not? No, no. Or he was, was it an overdose? He was overdose. An overdose. Well, that's almost the same, but let's not go there. No, no it's not. Uh, anyway, he, he. So you know the the reasoning behind this, and all the media. We're not here to do what the media is doing, which is no. link bait, and you know that's not the point. But a few things have come out, and you've seen this too, Jim. Probably there are a few been a few healthy posts. One of them um, was actually a really really good point, saying that there's nothing funny about this or anything that can be mocked. This is a serious thing and we need to detect it better and people who are around people who are having problems need to understand the seriousness. But in the end, we're kind of powerless. I don't know.
1: Well, you know... (sighs) what we've had a a failure and it's not just in america i'm sure it's everywhere but we've had a failure as society to take a real look at mental illness the reasons behind it the reasons furthering it and why we have not really taken a a, the the serious approach to it there really needs to be taken the care and the compassion that needs to be dealt with in a situation instead of shoving pills down people's throat we need to we need to go much further and you you know you have these people who say you know you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you know like, just get it together and you know what if it was that easy we would and i say we because i'm somebody who has all my life struggled with depression and anxiety disorder um I'm in a really good place right now, typically, but sometimes I'm not. And
0: yeah, I could, I could say, I could say the same. And just as a parenthesis, you know, Chris Brogan has come out and said and published things also about depression. And he's one of these guys that you think, you know, he's always forward ahead, full sure, speed ahead, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? A lot of people have been through this and you it's know, there is no,
1: to ashamed of. it's nothing. To totally
0: ashamed not. Of. Yeah.
1: And, uh, it always it always upsets me when i hear the word coward being thrown around at people who have killed themselves uh at weak at the word weak and how could they do you think people that are really in that right state of mind would sit there and say you know what i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna shatter my family today i'm gonna absolutely devastate you know my husband or my wife or my kids or my you know parents or nobody sits there who's contemplating that and That moment by design, you're not thinking right. By design, in that moment, whatever you want to call it, demons, whatever the terminologies you want mm-hmm. to use, you are not of your right mind at that moment, and you lose,
0: you. you lose the balance. You lose the balance. Absolutely. And you fall. And you,
1: do, and you don't think about those who are left behind. It, it just, it's hard for people who have never been in real grips of real depression. I'm not talking about, oh, you know what? I had a shitty day at yeah. work, sucked or, you know, my team lost last night. That's not what I'm talking. I'm Let, not talking
0: about a profound, you can't get out of that. Let's, yeah, the, you know what? Let's That's, define, because you and I both know what this is and so we can both speak to it. So if yes. we define the state, I'm not talking about the state that any particular person was in. I'm just saying defining the state where it gets down that bad and I can tell you from my own perspective for example as soon as you fall into this spiral you're thinking about uh, it isn't a materialistic thing obviously because people who have plenty of money do it and people who have loved ones around them do it so they get into this spiral there's a negative feedback thing and I'm not sure what can be done. I mean, just because it's discovered and somebody says, honey, you need help, let's do it, and you get it all arranged, that still doesn't guarantee that there'll be success. But the thing is, this negative feedback happens, and it's like a noise that you would hear, and you're hearing this noise, and it's causing a pain, and the noise gets louder and louder, and the pain is not going away, and you, you're thinking, okay, well, I could try this, and that's not going away, but I could do that, and that's not... And pretty soon... And this is my description of it. At some point, you think about it carefully and you think you're thinking carefully and see that there's really absolutely no way to stop this pain, that nothing will ever stop this pain and I can't stand it anymore and I have to stop it. Now, for those of people who are calling other people cowards and and so on, all this, this disgusting track of thought there, all I can say is... If you if you were being tortured, you could tell yourself your entire life you could be a great soldier and say you know you could be a great patriot and you could be have a high tolerance for pain, but sooner or later everybody cracks, and this is a torture. It's a psychic and psychological torture, and when you crack, you crack, and that's the end of it. And you have to have relief. Uh, And that's that's the way I see it. And fortunately, we're both here to talk about it. So fortunately, for some reason, we came away from the abyss. Yeah. uh, And, but... This is what it is. So there is absolutely no, I have zero tolerance for people who judge on that level. I, You know what I'm going to, I might judge if somebody like didn't win the beauty contest, you know, or their 14 year old didn't win the beauty and then that ruins their life or something like that. But right. this is serious shit. This is where you see zero exit. There's no way out of this. It has to end. I can't stand it anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, man, I think back to when I was younger. And and the thing is, I was one of those people who was always laughing and joking, had lots of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was like, I was kind of like the life of the party person. But inside, you know, those was just many times I was just in this just a crushing place that I mean, I used probably like a lot of comedians. I used humor as a, as a means to not as a means to escape so much, but as a means to close. Close off to everybody, away from me, what I was really feeling inside, and I'll never forget um, my first huge panic attack. I was seventeen, and I was in a, I was at a drive-in by myself, watching movies, and all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. My chest was tight. I really thought I was having a heart attack. I mean, who has a heart attack at seventeen unless you, have, <laughs> you know, unless you have congenital heart issues or something? And it started from there, and it was just absolutely brutal. But before that, even I, mean, I remember as a little kid, like eight, nine, ten years old crushing depressions at times and just being in my room and just being extremely depressed. And, but the anxiety started, i tell you what, from 17 until my early thirties, my anxiety disorder at times was out of control where I go to the hospital where they do EKGs on me. I mean, and find nothing,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: But it was brutal. And the woman that I was living with at the time, and I don't mean this as a slam on her, she just, she couldn't help the way she viewed it. And she was pissed off and disgusted and had no compassion for what I was going through at all. She just couldn't, because I would be like hunched over, I can't breathe. And I'd be like crying and saying, I can't breathe. And she's like, you're breathing, you're breathing. What the hell is the matter with you? You're breathing. And she just, and that was really something that really shredded us. Um, Because after a while, it was just... Like, wow, you know, her lack of compassion. And, and at the same time, as I was using, like many of us, I was self soothing and self medicating. Lots of beer, you know, lots of, you know, most of the time, pot, but, you know, some, I, I never graduated to heroin, but, you know, I was, I dabbled in, you know, the Coke and some of the other things, you know, earlier on. Um,
0: the problem with self medicating is things like, like Coke um, and speed. Are like the worst because yes. it's the, the 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 speeding up of the mechanism. I mean, eventually, you're going to go into a really bad spin. It's yes. it's much worse than sugar rush and sugar whatever that's yes. called. You know, um, you mentioned panic attacks, and I've never had that. I've had plenty of really serious depressions, but I've never had that, and I haven't had any for a long time. But m- when I was much younger, I had the problem, and um, I just wanted to mention in passing that Jay Moore. Who's a comedian? He's a stand-up comic, and he's been in. He was in Jerry Maguire. He's an actor. He's really like his work. I don't always like everything he says, uh, right? But he's uh, he's a very interesting guy. And he had. And he used to be. He used to be a writer on Saturday Night Live many years ago. And he knows all those guys. And he knows. uh, What's What's the other guy who, by the way, who committed suicide? Chris. um, Can you think of that name from Saturday Night Live? Chris Farley is that his well, name? He,
1: well, he died of a drug overdose. Too. Well,
0: but you know what I mean, this is yeah, there's I mean, a borderline I I don't want to trivialize anything but no. that behavior because I do know that very well. And that behavior know, that, that can lead reckless Right, but been yeah, deliberate. Well, right. There's a difference. To me. There's a difference. There's a difference. Been
1: somebody, to- having been somebody who's been in both of those places, I, I do feel that there's a difference between the deliberate act of, say, with Robin. Oh Oh yeah. Putting oh, something yeah. around your neck and hanging your true, and and sitting there just spawning at two a.m. cutting up more lines of code yeah. uh, on a, on a glass coffee table, which I've been there many years ago. Oh my! Who Elvis, knew? Yeah, I know, and and not that I wasn't a raging cokehead or anything like that. I'm talking like in my twenties.
0: Well, anyway, I was the the simple. All I was going to say about that because he knew Chris Farley, and he, I'm some of those. Uh, what about Belushi? Did he? That was also I'm an overdose, travel, right? Okay. So yes. these overdoses, but I I really really think that they're they're this, you know, two fingers away from the actual act because it's just so reckless. But anyway, the point was, really, that Jay Moore has talked a lot about how he started getting anguish attacks. And he also was a very heavy drinker. And, yeah, to finish up about him, um, I've listened to his podcast a lot. He has a lot of interesting people on. But what's most interesting to me is that he turned his life around. Talk about somebody who turned his life around. He was a, a horrible alcoholic. I don't know what drugs he did, but whatever. They were, he was, he was an addict, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And he, as far as we, we know now, anyway, uh, he's totally clean. He hasn't had a drink and he's got a good marriage and kids and all that. The point being that I, I wonder how much of that is also luck because he was in a horrible marriage, and let's face it, that would push you over the edge. I mean, if you were already depressive, yep. and you, you're you living with somebody constantly, you just mentioned a minute ago that you weren't getting any understanding. Uh, there's a point where that could push you over the edge. Well, the hell with this. I mean, nobody's going to really get what I'm doing. That's a classic scenario, by the way, of the guy in the bar. My wife doesn't understand me. It's become kind of a, a stupid cliché, But the fact is that a lot of people that you see in bars alone with the sad country music playing in the background are there for that reason, because they are not getting any understanding. And the bartenders, they're kind of like a, I don't want to say prostitute, but... They're their base. Hey, Wait a minute, hey, you hey, are. That's right, you I are a. I was for almost twenty. Yeah, years. you could tell us. So people, well, uh, hey, let's go there for a second. So people yeah. did come in and go. You know, they may not have literally said, "My wife doesn't understand me," but you could see that they didn't oh, want to go home. Absolutely.
1: And the thing is, is I was in, in that bar.
0: You had to be friends.
1: I was both because I was both patron and bartender. I, I was a patron regular before I was a bartender. Right. And so you know, we knew everybody. It was a small town. You know, you know everybody. And people come and go. You know, people hook up, you know, start dating. Right.
0: Dry, you know, we saw that uh, as a band, too. Yeah,
1: and then and, and all of a sudden they might vanish for a while, and then they come back because they've broken up, or they might have gotten married, and they go off and have kids, and then you might see them occasionally. But then you have your steady stream of the revenue generators mm-hmm. of the people who were like me at one point after my first uh, long-term busted up, where, you know, six, seven nights a week, that's where I was, me and my buddies, you know, commiserating uh, all
0: well, the time. isn't yeah. there a difference? You're a, bar, you're a pro, you're a bartender, so you've been a bartender. So yeah. If there, didn't you see a difference? Because I do between. People who go in and uh, are in a bar alone, yes. and they're not there to pick up. They're not looking for women. So yes. here's the guy sitting there alone, and the guy who's there with his buddies, like you just said, well, you were playing pool, you're drinking beer. Yes, you're drinking, and you want to forget, and it's a different. You know, it may not be the healthiest of things, but someone who is, you know, gets up to the bar, sits there, and is miserable. Yes. Staring so you must have heard those stories, right? Well, yeah, but or do they you know, or did they share them?
1: Sometimes, well, it's, uh, sometimes they would share, but. Sometimes a lot of times, not, but body language spoke volumes. Yeah,
0: staring in space there for
1: hours. They would be peeling the labels on their beer bottle, right. Just like Methodically peeling them and you know, lighting one cigarette after another, right. staring at, staring into their beer bottle, staring into the mirror because we always had the big, you know, all bars right. have the mirrors, sure. Behind you, and staring at it, and they're like they're really essentially staring at themselves through that mirror. And I've done some of that too, but uh, as a bartender, you know, you had to figure out who you could talk to in those situations, who you had to kind of, like, leave alone. Yeah, yeah. Let them them do their thing. But uh, it's tough, and it's like, you know having a good person in your life sure can can really help it doesn't solve everything it can't just by definition it can't but like my wife now we've been together for uh, 23 22 years she's amazing you've we've had her on the show Yeah, she's, she's, she's a great a wonderful wonderful kind kind compassionate person and I tell you what in the early years there were times it was not easy being with me especially with the anxiety attacks it was very very tough i mean she took me to the hospital
0: the you were time. having those with uh, at that point 2.
1: Horrible! Oh God, I didn't yeah. know that. And I, was, I was doing a lot of yeah, doing a lot of self soothing, uh, a lot of beer drinking uh, to help that out. And I, oh my God, I would, I'd be in a store in line checking a, a checkout of a store and sweating, having palpitations. I mean, the whole work. Sometimes I told her I have to get out of here, and I would no, hand her my stuff and I would leave. I
0: don't You're, understand that. I want to, I want to dwell on that for a second because I've never had that problem, and I've, and I've had some serious I hope problems. You never do well, yeah, but the and as as I said, having listened to Jay Moore talk about it, and he's talking about exactly the same symptoms and everything. But what I don't understand about it is this apparently is not – Linked in time with you going, oh God, I'm, how am I going to make the house payment or anything? No, whatever. No, nothing like there's that. no, no there's no literal that. link to anything. So where does oh. this come from? Do you think?
1: Just all of a sudden, you can be literally, you can be in a line at the grocery store, listening to the music, thinking about this and that. Nothing special, and then all of a sudden, bam, I'm going to die. Yeah, but how does this? I am going to die, and it's an overwhelming sensation. It's a physical and psychological feeling of I'm going, I'm going to drop dead right here. Wow. And I have to get out of You know what the thing is? Then you try to escape right. physically from the situation. Right. Funny, funny, quick. We were getting married. We, uh, <laughs> wedding day. You had one
0: our, on the wedding day. Yeah. it was. In her I'm laughing, back. but I mean, I'm crying too. <laughs> it's funny now. Yeah, uh, right.
1: We're, we're, we're in her parents' backyard. we had spent months building. Uh, We had the rose for the aisles. Right. It was all flower beds and uh, the altar at the altar. Instead of an altar, it was a, a, a semicircle of flowers. It was gorgeous. Beautiful. Beautiful beautiful day 75 degrees sunny and all of our friends and family are there and i would had the two best beers of my life like 20 minutes earlier in the garage her father's schaefer beers i mean oh, yeah? schaefer that's the schaefer's as shitty a beer as you get but those are the two best beers i ever drank and uh so i we go up and we had this in the middle of the ceremony all of a sudden i could feel it i could feel it and i'm like oh my god no 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 not,
0: not, not. no not, I'm no i'm
1: marrying this beautiful wonderful woman i can't have this now this is and i don't know if she could tell something was off in me at that moment during the ceremony, but I could. And all of a sudden, I see past her my aunt, and she's kind of, and I think she could tell that something was going on. Uh-huh. With me. So she and I locked eyes, and through about a lot of the ceremony, I went back and forth between my wife to be and my aunt and staring at her as a way to keep, because all I kept thinking about, because uh, they lived on a cul de sac, a semicircle. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was I wanted to jog or I wanted to stop the ceremony, go jog a couple of times around the the, uh, cul-de-sac and then come back and get married and i told my my wife this story later she's like oh that's so romantic here i'm standing up there getting married to the man i love and he just wants to go off and go running (laughs) (laughs) but you know but she actually she's really stood by me for years of really at times really painful stuff Uh and i gotta tell you like nine years ago now um After a career change, I quit smoking, I quit drinking. I had already stopped drugs years earlier, so that wasn't part of the equation. But I quit smoking, I quit drinking, Um, I became a vegetarian, changed some of my philosophical outlook. And I got to tell you that the depression has muted to maybe a couple of random, you know, pretty severe attacks a year. The anxiety disorder has, I've only had maybe a couple in the last eight or nine years. I Even in situations that before used to propel me to that. So I'm not saying that works for everybody. And the thing is, I don't want anybody out there to think, see, that's all you got to do. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, quit drinking, quit smoking, you know, stop, you know, eating certain things.
0: No, there's a whole lifetime context. There's That's a whole just, lifetime context there. That
1: worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody. And I just need people to understand that. That 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 does not mean in any way, shape, or form, number one, that I'm cured. That it doesn't guarantee that I'll never have these issues again. Because I do still get them occasionally.
0: But at, at your wedding, it's interesting that at your wedding, you actually were able to overcome or master, I don't know what the word is, where you relativized it so that the you had the anxiety attack, but you weren't taken over by you. You got past it somehow got through it, and then it went away. How long do these things last, typically, by the way?
1: Uh, sometimes it can be just a couple of minutes. Sometimes it can be hours. Sometimes it can literally be hours.
0: But when I it's mean, hours, you want to go to the hospital because you can't breathe, right? Right, right. I mean, well, it gets, it gets physical.
1: I did, yes, because, I mean, those times and then they'd hook you up to an EKG, and they're like, okay, well, Jim, you know, you're, you're fine, you know, and here, here's a script for Prozac, or here's a zip for Paxil, uh-huh. or here's a script for this stuff and that stuff. And you I gotta what? say, I tried Paxil once, and... uh I tried it for a couple of weeks or something, and I didn't like it. I don't like pills to begin with. Even back in my uh, younger partying days, <laughs> I was never—I was never the one. I tried speed a couple of times when I was a teenager. Hated it because it just made my heart right.
0: Like, yeah, I, I've n- I never been into that.
1: But uh, yeah, the pills part never did anything for me. I even to this day, like aspirin and stuff like that, I always just get. Um, but, you know, I guess to, to kind of wrap it up, so to speak, it's like as far as, you know, people need to be compassionate. People need to understand that it's not just going away, that it's a lifetime that these that anybody, if you have friends or family that have depression, anxiety disorder or other mental illnesses, there are things that can be done quite often, but there's no cure. It's, there's it, there, it's not a matter of a cure. It's a matter of adjusting, of living with it, of 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 doing the best you can to cope and to and to keep some of it at bay, but there is no cure. They're always going to have that, and you need to understand that.
0: Keeping it at bay. You know what? You you just made me think about something. When I asked you months ago, because I don't like zombie things. <laughs> and uh, I asked you to explain that, and we were talking about it for a while, and you were saying that you would do anything. I, I can't, you know. Let's not go into your response, but the point is, when you say keeping it at bay, actually, maybe that's part of the zombie and vampire thing too. Is that these things that you call demons in passing, and that's one way to look at them, yeah. but these are these things that haunt you, and uh, it comes in and. Like zombies, I mean, the basic principle of zombies is they're not going to go away. They're never going to go away. They're there. They're gaining on you. they, They walk slowly like Frankenstein and The Mummy, you know, that those old movies, where they're you know, just walk except, faster, for Christ's sake. What The guy's not World moving. The, the guy's, the movie, the guy's not. No, I mean, in the old one, yeah. was like, I think I was like 13, and I was scared, but i would, just walk faster, for Christ's sake. The Mummy's really slow. But then, really the, trip slow. But then yeah, the trip and fall true. and then they get caught <laughs> well, anyway. Well, yeah, and, the, you know, that gets back to my analogy, though, exactly, that you could think that you're getting away from it. You know, this is this is deep stuff, actually. The Frankenstein's monster and versus the yeah. Is depression versus the uh, pharmaceutical industry, basically. But you know, anyway, we don't we don't hit the target easily on that, and it's a very difficult thing. We haven't got there yet. We're you know we meaning humanity uh, and the farm industry. I've got to say, I mean, people are doing research and they're trying to get these connections. Zooming, you know, circling back to what I started mentioning was that look at what's been done with these local anesthetics and how I've had a couple of uh, you know minor operations recently, and in both cases, I mean, it's, it was nothing. And when you, by the way, if you've ever had your eyes operated on and you've got a surgeon with a sharp instrument and it's you know poised right right above your eyeball kind of thing, and you're normally, like right now, conscious, you think to yourself, oh my God. And, you know, of course, then they're going to say, don't move, and you're going to move. And you're going to go, oh my God, she's going to slice my eyeball in half. Uh, but i had that happen and they have a drug and they have this drug and they give you give it to you it's it's a sort of a general or maybe it's a maybe it's a tranquilizer whatever it is though, so it isn't just you're awake but you don't move you're not afraid and everything is fine and see they've got these things for these localized problems but we don't know enough about the brain i'm assuming and the way the emotions are darting around the, it's still a huge huge mystery so we can't stop. For example, there could be someday a drug, panic attacks, what are your symptoms? Sweating, uh, anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Here, take the blue pill. And you, if you, as soon as you feel it coming on, that could happen someday, but it, it does for some people. Some well, people but right say, now,
1: well, my life has completely changed since I went on Paxil. Uh-huh. You know what? If that works for you. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. You know what you need? People need to do what they need to do to get by every day of their life. It's not for me to say, you know what? You shouldn't do that. Just, uh, no! You know, just think happy thoughts instead. If that's, what's getting you through your day, if that's what's helping you cope with life, um, um, there are far worse things to do. There are far, far more yeah. destructive things out there to do than Paxil or
0: something. I, I'm, I'm. I not would
1: say there is no place for it. Listen, Jim. over-Medicaid.
0: I would stretch what you just said as far as religion, and I am not a religious person, and I'm a lot of times do not care to hear about people's religions. But if that works for you, I would never say a word against it. it or if you have some Eastern philosophy, whatever it is, if you're taking. Uh, You know pills that are just sugar and they work for you. I don't care what it is. Whatever works is what works. But you have to try to find the thing that works, and that's the biggest problem. And if people are not sensitive sensitive to it around you, I get who is around you. You've got your your mate if you're lucky enough to have one. Your your partner, you have uh, people with whom you work. Which, by the way, if you think about this, and this segues nicely into our another thing we want to talk about, yes. if you were, say, a cop or a fireman, and I mean, if you see this on TV, and I'm sure that the the basics of these vibes, army, you know, the, all of the kind of uh, services like that that require manly men, and all of that, it's all the same. I mean, and, and I'm sure. And manly women. Well, I mean if if uh, womanly women, whatever. But mostly mostly what I'm saying though is that if you're in a militaristic type Job, then people are going to make fun of you. And if you were mentally ill in those situations, that is not the kind of people that are generally going to be. I'm making a generalization here, but that's not a good environment in general because people expect you to, hey, just get over your shit and do it. Right. And the reason I say that to segue is because one of the other things we wanted to talk about was a town that I have never heard of until today, Ferguson, was it Missouri? Is that right? Missouri. It's now, is that near St. Louis, by the way? It's or it's
1: a suburb of St. Louis. Ah... All right, and so it's actually, the St. Louis police who have been—I uh,
0: thought it was the Ferguson police because it's twenty two thousand The town is twenty-two thousand people, yes. and they got tanks and shit.
1: Yeah, but they do have—they they have tanks. I mean, it's—it's it's like watching over an, an assault weapon. But the, they do have the police, but they also are using St. Louis uh, police. Well, and, and okay, until today until about uh, as we were about going on air here, it started appearing all over the internet um, that uh, the St. Louis County. Police Police are going to be yanked out of there. They're no longer going to be allowed in there. The uh, state and federal authorities are investigating
0: uh, the brutality. Well, you know the feds, just in general, because I saw you know the name Obama come up a couple of times. The if you've watched the West Wing or have any idea, no, well, no, no, I haven't seen that yet. But the but the point is that uh, the problem with the Fed, the problem that the federal government has is that they really don't like to get into these things unless it's a huge because they don't really have a mandate. This is a state issue, so the governor who has the unfortunate name, I think, of Nixon, isn't it? Governor yes. Nixon.
1: Yeah, Jay Nixon, a Democrat, by the way.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, my wife and me said, oh, he's probably a Republican. But I huh, wasn't no. surprised. Anyway, and, and he made he's some and, some kind of neutral statement saying, yeah, well, we're taking this very seriously. We're look. Your call is important to us. We'll look into it. Um, but we're not here to, you know, report. there's plenty of people who are doing that, but it, this is an extremely worrying tendency, and that's what a lot of international news media are bringing up. there they were have been uh, apparently arresting reporters for no good reason other than that they're filming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason I use the segue of the police and how uh, they have a certain mentality, is because in this particular case, this could easily be a case of a couple of a few people having them that mentality and dragging the rest of them in. And this is the perfect example of where there hasn't been a Snowden or whatever, somebody who's completely contrary to all this stepping up in the police force or in the city and saying, this is not cool. You gotta stop this. This is wrong. It's unconstitutional, blah blah blah. So this is another scandal. That's you know what? Too I'm so cynical. I can't see much coming of it. So yeah, there's a lot of internet rage going on now, and a lot of reporting, and uh, every news agency is reporting because now that reporters are involved. You know, before they probably didn't even care, but now that some reporters from the Washington Post have been arrested and so on, we're well, getting you know, the names of the reporters.
1: It's been. I mean, this happened Saturday. What what happened with Michael Brown happened on Saturday. really in the middle of the day and it was more of a it was a local local to u.s issue right for the first first couple of days right now i'm gonna be clear about something i don't know you don't know and anybody out there listening right now who was not actually there in that immediate area saturday afternoon we don't know exactly what happened we don't know for sure did michael brown tussle with a police officer while the police officer was in the car did he go for his gun did he have a gun the the kid yeah no, no, that's oh, the whole. Oh, you you meant the, the cops. Yeah. The cop. And well, there's the speculation. The cops uh, there are saying was that they they rest, that uh, they wrestled uh, through the open window of the police car, and that uh, Brown was going for the cop's gun, and the cop went to shoot him. But mm. by so, but we don't know for sure. No, we don't. What's what's happened either way. But what we do know from numerous eyewitnesses is after the, at least after the first shot, Brown was 35 feet away from that police officer. He and the young man he was with both had their arms raised at that point, he clearly identifying because they're not stupid. They understand, you know, certain scenarios and they were making sure that, that he knew they were not armed. Mm-hmm. That is by that is anyways by other witnesses that were in the area immediately after. And then he was shot and killed. Now and, again, we don't know the beginning of it, so I'm not interested
0: in having a rushed judgment of that particular. Protest. No, we don't know about that part. But when did the so there was protest, so called peaceful protest. I said so called uh, supposedly no, no, was, peaceful no, yeah, protest. Was, are, Were there riots first or not?
1: No, well there was protest and, and 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 the local people who felt like you know they again yet again had yeah. no say in their lives or anything like that at one point sadly a small a very small group of people did loot a couple of businesses mm-hmm. now it was very easy very quickly for the mainstream media i.e fox news and, and some other organizations on to the show
0: people with television sets yeah. to,
1: what they did was they skewed it to make it seem as if those particular looters represented the overall mm-hmm. uh, facet of the demonstrators which was not the case but they made it convenient for their side of the argument. So as over a couple of days, it built up and more and more people. And then it started picking up the, on the internet and uh, internationally. Now, last night, and 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 the police there have military-style weaponry. They have mine-resistant uh, vehicles mine. Who the fuck in America yeah. needs mine resistant vehicles for police departments? Where do you see landmines being planted? Anywhere in the United States. Where where do you see that? I don't see a need for any police department to have mine resistant vehicles to patrol the streets of America. I mean, people should be scared about that alone that they've decided to take that take. So just quickly.
0: And this is not new, by the way, because no, this, we've, this has been they commented. Be lot of are- Lots of local police departments are way over this is a story that's been building for, for probably a year, by the way.
1: Go ahead. Well, because they're getting also what they're doing is they're buying excess from the military. Yeah. And they're re- retrofitting it.
0: Or getting it for free, by the way. Apparently, right. there's... But, but somehow, free. somehow these
1: cops in Ferguson with all of their, you know, high tech wizardry and, you know, Iraq uh, bunker busting right. kind of stuff couldn't afford to put cameras on their officers as most police police departments are doing now, because it's been shown that police departments where officers are wearing actual, say, whether it's GoPro or mm-hmm. you know some high end video camera on their person, complaints have been down 80 percent in many jurisdictions mm-hmm. by citizens. Uh, arrest rates have gone down because of it. Because now with that video, everybody has to, the set of rules have kind of changed a little bit. The thing is, I want to also get something straight here. I am far from anti-police. I see police every day who are wonderful at their jobs. They're amazing at their jobs. They do a job, frankly, I'm too scared to do. So I think just like every other thing, I think 98% of police officers are wonderful, who risk their lives. They pull over cars in the middle of the night knowing full well they can maybe Could never be the end the next day yeah i get really aggravated with some of my friends who are nothing but non-stop anti-cops you know the pigs the fuzz and all that kind of stuff it's like you know what you do that job you go and do that job and then tell me you know how bullshit it is what they do however that said what's going on in ferguson i watched last night on live stream there was the live stream what was going on showing and these people and there was hundreds of people in the street exercising their constitutional rights funny how they the libertarians and right-wingers who are always crying about the constitution where the hell have they been when it's black people
0: i saw that article by the way where the hell
1: have they been
0: yeah no one i I saw an article where the uh the whoever it was i'm sorry i don't remember what it was but the quite that was that exact question was asked and whoever this was had called uh not ron Ron paul's son right what's his name rand paul Uh, who's, who's theoretically not completely libertarian. But anyway, they, they called a bunch of people, including uh, a pure libertarian who's a senator or congressman. And all of them had the same thing to say. We're not commenting it at this time. They're That's cow- politics. Well, it's politics. They're it's politics. No, it's politics.
1: You, you want to use the word politics. coward? I'll use the word coward there because either you stand mm. for your principles or you don't. Yeah, but you know, politicians
0: don't politicians don't have any principles that they stand I, for. I don't know. I don't think Most. Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie Sanders well, I, Vermont, I think... He Has does. he said anything about this, by the way? I don't know what he's. said. Of course, said, but it's but not really in his jurisdiction no. either.
1: And I, I don't know, but you know what? You want to throw the coward word that we're on that we talked about earlier? Yeah. If, if you're not willing to stand for your principles, then you are being
0: a coward. Well, like and I say, I'm not surprised because these guys don't have any principles. And were, if they're riding a libertarian front or a Tea Party front or even a Democratic Party front. Uh, incidentally, Elizabeth Warren, I had that a second ago, but she said, oh, here it is. So Elizabeth Warren said, this is America, not a war zone. The people of Ferguson just want answers. We all want answers. And that's, that's actually... You know, that's better than uh, no comment, right?
1: It was a war zone what I saw last night. I'll tell you what because those hundreds of people, they all had their hands up in the air. There mm-hmm. was a couple of people on loudspeakers. Right. But they had their hands telling up them to in go air. home. And all of a sudden and uh, the 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 media guy that was live streaming, he wasn't from a network, he was mm-hmm. uh but he was live streaming the video and you see the police coming forward. It's nighttime. They're using the uh, yeah. infrared cameras. And all of a sudden you hear the gunshots over and over again of wow. the rubber bullets and The explosions of tear gas onto these people. These people, yes, they were in the street, but it was the nighttime. No cars were being blocked. I don't know what's wrong with these guys. Hands up in the air. Hundreds of people with their hands up in the air, chanting slogans, and it's like, and you're firing rubber bullets and and lobbing tear gas at them. It was just, it was shocking. I was, I was watching it online, and I was absolutely disgusted. It's like this, and and what's just as disgusting to me is these flipping cowards that are called libertarians. And the right who, because these kids happen the young people happen to be black, are sitting on their hands on this one. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. sitting on their hands on this one. So don't come and tell me afterwards what a great libertarian you are and what a wonderful constitutional conservative you are. No, you're a coward because you're picking and choosing when it matters. And yeah, last, well, last night it mattered. And now the rest of the world is seeing what's going on. There's pictures right now. If you go on Twitter right now, mm-hmm. pictures showing uh, what was going on in Al Jazeera media.
0: Crew oh, by, yeah. Uh,
1: having their equipment taken. They'll you've, reporters that you talked about being arrested. The other reporters there were told, this is this is America, folks, were told by the local police to shut down their recording equipment. Uh, they were essentially violating the First Amendment right of the media last night in Ferguson, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And people should be really upset about that. I am right now because you know what? They do it in Ferguson, Missouri. Where are they going to do it next? When the local police and the county police can order the media to turn off their cameras, can arrest reporters who are in a McDonald's trying to lawfully purchase products, what's next? And I'm not trying to sound like one of the, I'm not trying to sound like (laughs) InfoWars and Alex Jones and all of those people. Because they they are they'll find a conspiracy in you know in a box of Fruit Loops and I and I get that but this last night and this in the last couple of days it's very disturbing when you're arresting media members and when you're ordering them to turn off their equipment something is very very wrong. And now apparently Jay Nixon, for four days, he said nothing. Mm -hmm. Four days, he said nothing while this all exploded. And this is all on him. And like people were saying, it's the end of his political career. There's been talk he was going to be the VP candidate maybe in 2016. Not anymore. Jay Nixon, you're toast. You are finished. And it was interesting during the live stream broadcast last night, as they were running away from the tear gas and the rubber bullets, the reporter that had the camera, he was talking to some people down there. They were pinned on this side street they had nowhere to go all their ways out were blocked and he was talking to some people that lived there and this one young black woman uh was in front of her house watching what was going on and he was talking to her and suddenly she said she encapsulated so much with one comment she said you know politicians all want to come court in a black vote where are they now oh yeah where are, where are they now and you know what truer words never spoke that's right truer words um it's I I'm i'm disturbed and dismayed that every time I think that we've made progress in this country, the cold reality is we've made very little.
0: Well, and- you have to hearken back too, to to uh, Occupy Wall Street and to think about okay, this is not just happening in the black neighborhood in St. Louis, uh, but there was wasn't it at UCLA that these incidents happened where they were They're doing like, like pepper spraying a pregnant yes. woman. I don't know if she's pregnant or not. If that image comes to mind. But in any case, they were people were just lying on the ground basically, or they were in a surrender position of some kind. No threat. And, um, you know, the excuse is like when people in, uh, in the Iraqi desert or Afghanistan go nuts, which, by the way, hello, it's a ba- big difference there. Not that either one is excusable, but when you are surrounded in a country far away from home, it's 190,000 degrees, you, you know, every, all, everything you can think of about the isolation of it, the language, the hostile entire population around you, And you go crazy and shoot somebody or do something horrible, whatever that may be. This goes back to Vietnam, by the way. There were massacres there, too. The point is, that's horrible, it's atrocious, and it's intolerable. But that's nothing compared to being in UCLA, in a rich neighborhood, in one of the finer schools of the United States, pepper-spraying people who are (laughs) prostate—prostate— Mm, Freudian slip. When my prostate gets Freudian break? slip. Uh, <laughs> who are prostrate on the ground? Uh, who are supine? I think is a, maybe a better yes. word. Anyway, they're lying down, not a threat. The point is not a threat. Let's let's repeat that. Not a threat, because this is where you know. I remember a movie called The New Centurions. I don't know if you're old enough to have oh, seen yeah. that. Oh, yeah. George C. Scott, and yep. one of the it's a great movie, by the way. He was incidentally, he I believe took his own life. Now that I think of it. George C. Scott. Yes, I think he did. I think he did. I know he battled, but he, yeah. I mean, because he had a great talent. But the point is, in that movie, he was terrific, and he was. It was a movie about the police in L.A. And the line that comes to mind is, he says, "Yeah, we have this thing called equal force. Man comes at you with his fists, you have a club. <laughs> Man comes at you with a baseball bat." You have uh, I forgot what no a man comes at with you with a knife you have a gun I mean the point being that the equal force for the police and I mean you get why that is when he said that it's not like uh, some kind of fascist I mean yes you get that because the police are there if they're going to be attacked they use the next level they don't use the next level by ten like a you know a man comes with you with a bat, right. baseball bat you get a tank. And that's kind of what's happening now. It is basically. It is. And,
1: well, then, and the thing is, is uh, you're not going to beat the government. Uh, you're just not going to. They they are going to outarm, outweaponize you every single day of the week. And that's why I. It's amusing in one sense when I watch these little you know hillbilly wannabe soldiers on the you know on the front lines of the Mexican you know U.S. border, yeah, you, know, pro- you know protecting our freedoms you know with their little you know pop gun rifles and all that kind of stuff. It's like you. Really Think that you are any way, shape, or form going to be holding back the U.S. military if they really want to mm-hmm. in our country? Not going to happen. So you know what? It's just it's a it's a silly fantasy that they have that you know if the, if the government comes to my door, what are you going to do? You know what? You're not going to do jack shit. Mm-hmm. You're either mm-hmm. going to surrender or die. There are only two choices, and that's all you're going to do. So you know you can play your war games on the weekends all you want, but the fact of the matter is is that they have us that way. So no. Knowing that to try to stop things like what's happened in Ferguson the last couple of days, we need to get people more involved and we need to get politicians who aren't cowards, mm-hmm. who are, stand up and say, you know what, we w- what What are we doing here? When did America become this armed
0: camp? Yeah, but here's of, the thing.
1: The militarization. Of
0: here's the problem forces. with that. Uh, it's the election cycle. Sure. And the election cycle is long. And that's why nobody's commenting, by the way, because they're all, you know This is so irritating when you watch these political dramas and you see the advisors they've got, because I'm sure it's portrayed very much the way things are. And there's the message. And every one of these people who pretends to, who pretends, uh, what I mean by that is who has pretensions towards the throne in a couple of years... Um, has the staff of people, and it's the message, and what's our message? And every one of these things is being cynically—that's why the the word coward doesn't move me. It's more that they're totally uninterested in an actual thing, mostly, not always, but most politicians are interested in getting the power, and they don't care about the day-to-day— That's why, you know, no laws get made because they don't really care about the day-to-day lawmaking or the day-to-day, you know, they want to be, they want to move up to the top. And I don't know why that is, whether it's the money or the power or oral sex from the intern, whatever that is that's driving them. It's 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 bullshit. It's it's extremely difficult to see anyone out there who actually cares anything about society. And even though I would like to think that somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who probably won't run because she's probably a real person and she probably sees that it's hopeless. Boy, I'm really getting into the cynical thing. I'm going to have an an anxiety attack in a second. No, but all kidding aside, there's one thing that's 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 terrible. Uh, I am a terrible cynic. But it's true that I I have a terrible, terrible time trying to see how things can change. And if you look back to the last two elections, presidential elections in the United States, you know, is it Obama's fault? Probably not. Uh, Very much probably not. But the fact is, if you watch West Wing, which was 15 years ago, they're talking about the same issues, exactly the same issues. Nothing changed. It hasn't changed, and no amount of goodwill, even if you accord that to President Obama, uh, has changed that. Nothing's changed in any of the other countries either, really. Well, nothing is—that's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm too cynical. Let's say that— yeah. No, it's not that nothing has changed. Many things have changed, and for the better, much better. But let's pace, Let's put it this way, that a lot of the major wrongs have still not been righted and may never be righted because—why? Because somebody like Obama or even his Republican, uh, whatever, doesn't want to do—it's not that. It's that the system is made in a way that it's all about electioneering and all about getting the money, and uh, that would be my— that would be a, a wonderful thing that we could see during our lifetime, would be if, if if laws were made, and of course this won't happen anytime soon, but if we could get rid of the money, the contributions, and the huge expenses of campaigns, and just get down to, here's the time you have, we're going to put all the networks on this, and you guys do the debates, guys and ladies, do your debates, And do your best and express yourself and hear, you know, equal expression everywhere for everybody, but no money and no huge media buys. And nobody has the Texas millionaires behind them, billionaires behind them and all of that. If we could get that, that, that and the lobbying out of the way, we would have the tiny chance that something would get done. But apparently, that ain't (laughs) going to happen.
1: I got a better chance of hitting Powerball this weekend than that happening.
0: I hope you you do. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, you know, when you have this Supreme Court, you know, ruling that the Acme Anvil Company is now a person. And when you have stooges on the right who are, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people who are, how do you make $40,000 a year and think that that decision was okay? Mm -hmm. How do you, how, what, I'm trying to wrap my head around people I know who are just middle class everyday income earners who I know are hardcore Republicans how do you how does that sit
0: with yeah you? it doesn't sound how
1: does that sit with you that the Acme Anvil Corporation is a citizen is, is a citizen has has essentially has personhood. You I I don't get that. It's like, I've said it before. It's like, are you so desperate to be them that you will turn such a blind eye to what the inherent faults in that entire logic is? That the whole idea that it's okay for the left or the right, because I feel the same way Yeah. No, it isn't even that. I don't believe that, the, that there should be billionaires on the left funneling money to the Democrats any more than y'all you know, the Koch brothers. It shouldn't be about money,
0: period. It doesn't, you know. It, it just should not be about the media buys and the money, and it should be about coming up with solutions and ideas and then implementing them as best as you can. And you know what? So you've got so you've got an idea for say healthcare. Let's just take that as an example, and you put together the plan, and you put it up there. If, you know, it's legitimately debated, I'm all, that's fine. That's, that's what it's supposed to be about. But if it's going to be the stupid ass mudslinging that had gone on forever and all of the little political infighting and all the crap, that makes no sense. And it doesn't help anybody except a few people who want to be in power. And it's the, you know, money is the root of all evil in politics. There's absolutely no question about it. They should remove it all.
1: The love of money.
0: Well, the love of money, but also the need of money to make these media buys. Right. I I, I don't have. Among other things. I don't
1: have any answers, Randy. I don't. You don't? What the hell are we doing then? I I have answers, (laughs) but you know what? I do have answers and I think I have some good answers, but they don't mean jack shit again because you know what? I'm a nobody in a little town in Connecticut who nobody's going to listen to. I don't have any kind of power. There's nothing I can do for you. I can't do anything for you. I can't do anything for Joe Schmo down the street. I don't have anything to offer you right now. I don't have money. I don't have a job to offer you. I don't have other things that I can offer you. So therefore, you're not going to really take me serious. You're not going to really listen to me. That's the reality of how it really works. Yeah. You know, if you have something to offer, people are all ears. If you have something to offer them, they're all ears. I don't care if it's left, right, center. It doesn't matter. But I don't have anything. You don't have anything. Um, everybody I know doesn't have anything that's tangible, that's enough to get somebody to stop. Ideas are great. Ideas are wonderful. And we. I'm not saying that you. You ever stop speaking your thoughts on those ideas or and ideals but let's keep it real though let's keep it real and with the full understanding that at the end of the day i still believe you go and vote you hold your nose you spray you perfume it. when you go into the polling booth <laughs>
0: cover up the stench the lesser it- evil
1: Yes. But you know what? But the lesser evil is still less evil.
0: Yeah, I agree 100% and, and, with that. And that
1: whole, the both parties are the same bullshit. Yeah, you go tell that to people with health care now. You go tell that to somebody who now Virginia, just the other day, now gays can get married in Virginia. You tell me when people are getting benefits now you tell me that both parties are exactly the same. I mean, you know, they both have their inherent strengths and weaknesses, but there are differences. But what still, when all is said and done, I can't offer you anything. Therefore, I have no intrusion. Intrinsic value to anybody but myself at the end of the day, my regarding my thoughts and, and, you know, and how I think things should be. And, but I'll never stop. I'll never stop being a rabble rouser. I'm going to be a pain in the ass until, you know, until the end, until until Uh, they, you know, throw me in the oven. That's just the way it's going to be.
0: I do believe that um, one of the things that Steve Factor alluded to, but wasn't, Uh, that clear on the detail and I won't be either but just that in your everyday life the more you can make things better by being generous to other people and I mean don't mean by money I mean being generous in every in any way you can if you have a lot of money by all means be generous with it but if you have if you you have, have a smile be generous with that and have some understanding. And by the way, you know, as much as I would like to do that, I can't do it every day. Some days I go, no, you know. People ask me for spare change, I go, no, I don't have any money. And it's true, because I don't walk around with money. But I maybe I should. Uh, there have been times when I have purposely collected up my change. I have a little jar, and I go around, and I've given it to people. So if you do what you can, and you give what you can, especially, though, for getting money, especially in help when people need it, whether it's, you know, ridiculously simple things like street directions. Um, And by that, I mean, like, sometimes people don't want to ask, and you need to actually kind of go up and go, are you lost or can I help you? And uh, this has happened to me several times when I've been in strange places and people have come up and said, You look like you're, or maybe you're looking at a map or your phone or something. And people have come up and said, you looking for something? And I go, Yeah. And they go, and then they pull out a gun and say, Well, maybe it's this. Give me all your money. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not true. Never happened. Oh, my God. No, no. there's the cynic coming no, that out. Didn't. No, that has your money or your life. You know the one about, the, give me, the guy pulls out the gun and says, uh, Give me your money or your life. He says, Oh, what was it? It was uh, my life isn't worth anything anyway, or something? <laughs> Take my life, it's not worth anything anyway. I don't know, whatever. Take my wife, please. Oh, Take my, my wife, please, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the the point well, was we that. Picked a, yeah, we, we picked a we serious, all of serious couple of topics for. We're going to be taking. A, well, that's why a I'm trying to be funny, a little funnier, because we were going to be gone. Uh, and let's end this, by the way, with. Uh, Good or bad TV uh, watching. Have you watched anything in the last couple of days? Because we have.
1: Um, You know what? This is interesting. We started watching. It's four episodes from England. It's on Netflix, um, and it's called South South Cliff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it is is and we've watched the first two episodes what it is is this little English town and a, a guy who goes off kilter goes on a shooting range and kills like 15 or 16 people walking around through the town killing
0: sounds more like America to me
1: yeah but I mean it's it's so realistic the first two uh, episodes and it's the town's reaction and what it does is that each episode starts uh, with him going out that morning Ooh. at 7 o'clock in the morning it's very realistic the sound coming from it are like they are as authentic as it gets uh-huh. very eerie and then the rest of the episode goes to before that happened things that led up either between the gunmen or people who he killed random people he killed some that he knew mm-hmm. uh it's actually it's very well done it's 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 shocking at times it's very disturbing at times um and my wife was just like god we picked the most god
0: awful I'm telling you mine too best. is, is <laughs> often complained we, isn't there something a little bit more uh, happy yeah, we can watch? So, but but
1: so then after that, we watched because we watched the first episode. It's called South Cliff, and it's on uh, Netflix. Okay. So then after that, we watched uh, uh, another episode of Orange Is the New Black because uh, we,
0: we. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm almost done with that now. I've, I uh, watch it when I'm exercising, but I it's it's great. I really like it. The only thing I don't like about it is the main character, but fortunately, she's not that yeah, much of a part of I it. I
1: don't, I don't like. It's funny. I don't like her either. I think
0: most of us are like that. I think that we I like,
1: like the rest of them. I don't like her. Uh,
0: and to balance things off, by the way, because I was also watching uh, the Honorable Woman. Is that the name or the the Woman yes, of okay. Honor? And that's that's really good. That's really good. But it's as I mentioned it last week when we were talking. But it's also extremely depressing in some ways and very sad. And it's very uh, cynical as far as a solution. I haven't. I think we've seen four or five of the six. But I wanted to end by tying everything together and saying that most people in most countries should be able to go to YouTube and look up. Uh, Do the search for An Evening with Robin Williams. Uh, Uh Robin Williams, that's an hour and a half live thing that he did in California. And it's it's, a little dated now. But at the same time, it shows a lot of his talent. And since it's there and it's free to watch... And he was really, really on. He it, he's, he was such an incredible guy, and you can celebrate that by just watching that. It's it's a there are many, many really deep laughs in it. There's a lot of societal truth in it too. As all yes. good comedy. Yep. And I'm sure there are many other things, but I know that that, because I was just watching it uh, yesterday, I know that that's up in its entirety, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm in Europe, and I was able to watch it. The only place you probably can't see it is in <laughs> is in Germany, because they don't let you watch anything on YouTube in Germany. Good. But um, it's, that would be one of my suggestions. We're also watching a thing called Motive, which I think is a little kind of clever where it shows the killer and the killed. Yeah. But it's it's also extremely sad and depressing because yeah. every story, not because somebody gets killed, but it's, every single story has a horrible, horribly depressing and negative story behind it. And in because the end, it's that, true. It kind of weighs on you.
1: Doesn't that start off with the killing?
0: It's immediately, right. No, it yes. starts off, in other words, it's you have these innocuous situations and then the, they stop the frame and it says, yes. the victim... And then it moves on and shows, and it's almost always you would never think that the killer that they're showing is some nice lady or Wasn't something. Was that a couple of years ago? Yes, it was. It's, years, it's it's old. Like Canadian, I think. Yeah, it is Canadian. It was a couple of years ago. It's.
1: I did. Well, we watched some of the episodes and really enjoyed it.
0: It's well, I like the, the I like the concept, but yeah. it's true that the stories. When I say depressing, it's not you know watching cop shows is never a big laugh, but no. this particular one. It's a little like Cold Case, actually. If you remember Cold Case, did you ever watch that? Cold Case is a terrific concept. But also, at the end of Cold Case, most of the time, uh, the big big jolt at the end was that the people got closure. After 20 years, they finally figured out why somebody was brutally murdered. And it's very similar to that because it's also very sad. When the story eventually comes out, it's like, God, that's horrible. (laughs) So then you have to move to something... uh, completely innocuous like The Pretender which is very old but you will never be depressed after watching The Pretender wow. So,
1: <laughs> I still enjoy Continuum
0: Continuum is pretty good. Yeah. I, I kind of got lost in It's not
1: it's not the greatest show ever, but you know what? I don't feel dirty after I watch it. No. I don't feel depressed or anything like that. But hey, before we go cuz yep. I know we're, we're gonna, not going not going to be around for a couple of weeks. I, yep. I have vacation and then I have a little uh skin cancer mm-hmm. that needs to be taken care of. Nothing bad, hopefully. Um but I wanted to give a little shout out to uh, we we had to end this uh last week uh my 18-year-old cat Max and uh it it was it was it was very tough you never like to say you have a favorite animal or anything like that but out of we had six cats from 1995 on and uh all around the same age and then he was the last of the original six and uh he was really cool and he was the favorite of the house and there was no getting around that so it's been kind of a weird week here in a Bearford home
0: that's since we spoke last because i didn't yeah, know about yeah, that yeah okay yeah
1: and we had uh it was kind of he's been sick for a while but he was doing fine but uh for a couple of days suddenly he wasn't so uh it was it's been a tough week so i just wanted
0: that's to send terrible
1: out, send out a little uh a thank you out to the wherever max may be now that uh i'm grateful buddy for 18 wonderful years and you know i'll always love you
0: i'm sure max had a good life he did he did he was spoiled rotten
1: <laughs> i want to come back as him someday
0: there you go that's <laughs> it that's a great way to finish yeah. Please. So um, we didn't drink much, but it was com. You can see us or ltb.re if you just happen to catch this. There's a little very concise list. The first site is just a full blog with all the episodes. But the ltb.re is a nice little thing where you've got the archives you can download or whatever. Very, very simple. No ads, no nothing. There is no monetary motivation at all on this.
1: YouTube and Pocket Cast and all the different um, apps out there, you can grab us. And it was so funny, this week, uh, my sister-in-law, mother-in-law, sat around the kitchen table and listened to our show from Sunday about uh, small living. And I finally got them to listen to it. Thank
0: you. Oh, cool.
1: Thank you, mom, for uh, listening. And my mom listened this weekend as well to the live one that we did Saturday. So, hey, you know, folks, thank you very much.
0: Okay. And with that, we're going to say goodbye for a couple of weeks, couple of weeks, and we'll forget back. everything, and we'll be back. Find other things to rant about. Inshallah, <laughs> <laughs> <Back>. <laughs> a All couple right. of weeks, Take it easy, man.